Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense, but we are ASAP Science here to make things make sense. Today we are talking about the hit game Among Us. Through a scientific angle, we're talking about anticipation and anxiety and guilt and why this game is so weirdly addictive and sort of bringing people together in a pandemic. Ooh, in a pandemic. In a pandipanpan, in a pandamucotino. It actually is the perfect game for a pandemic. Maybe that's why it's thriving, but... um... I honestly think that is, well, I mean, that's part of what my study is about. <gasps> oh, oh my gosh. So, oh, uh, the cat's out of the bag. We're having a drink. <laughs> okay. We are, depending on which episode comes out first, we don't know, but we just recorded one about alcohol, so we thought we would drink, and now this is the one that's coming after, and I almost spilled my drink all over the tech. Mom, it's just my second cider, though. I'm not, un- I'm not completely bagged. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, what's up with you now? Wait, are you? <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, are don't you bagged? Don't judge me. <laughs> no, I just don't drink very much now anymore. And it's just like uh, one or two drinks actually gets me a little loose. I know. I love it. My face is the color of a red ripe tomato in August. It's like matching your shirt. Oh my god! I <laughs> Which actually, is pink I, I for anyone s- who's not watching. <laughs> I have really bad eyesight and I can just see just like a glow of like red on red in the like screen right there. And I'm just like, ew, I hate that my face turns red, but you said it was endearing once. Um, it's so <laughs> endearing. And I said that like literally an hour ago. <laughs> and I've definitely lit it more than once. Um, because today, actually, no, we'll talk about video games later. Cause I have another anecdote unrelated to among us that I'll bring up then, but I just want to remember that video games. Okay. Chuck it's there. Um, a life. What is life? What is life? What so, is the meaning of life? Oh, girl, that's a different question. Is what, it? Yeah, to me it is. Life, to me, is about homeostasis. It's about reproduction. Oh, it's about girl. like a rock isn't alive, you know, but this plant is. What is the meaning of life now, girl? Now you got me twisted. <laughs> um, I don't, like, why isn't a rock, it's not living, but is it like? Mm, I don't think it's life and I don't think it's living. Whoa, I'm so mean to a rock. Sorry. Yeah, rock. it's like, I mean, like, I don't know. That's just what I think. No, that's cool. Open you're, the front you're page of a... have your belief system. <laughs> Girl, I'm like, it's like the first page of a biology textbook. It's like, the <laughs> biology is the study of life. <laughs> and rocks aren't living. <laughs> go go um, to a different section for that. That's true. But I think that there's so much power in a rock and so Oh, I'm not, I'm not diminishing a rock's beauty and potential meaning. I guess what I'm trying to say is that <laughs> life for me encompasses all the things. Right? Like, I understand it's not all living, but life. (laughs) 
well, we got a religious person on our. I'm kidding. I'm Wait, kidding. no, what? no, no. I'm just, I'm just. Uh, that was not what I meant to say. I meant to be like, so we've got like someone who doesn't believe in science. <laughs> no, I know. I ha- that's why I paused. I was yeah. like, obviously, Wait, I'm not. Life? I'm not talking about that I'm scientific like, definition. definition. <laughs> I'm talking about my sort of your life, to my your life. consciousness. Yeah. So, what do you think happened like right before the Big Bang? <laughs> Same thing that happened right before you were born. Okay, well, he's all of a sudden he's got it all figured out. <laughs> what do you like? What do you? Where do you think the what Big Bang? What do I actually think happened right before the Big Bang? Girl, if you even could remotely say something, then you'd get a Nobel Prize. <laughs> honestly, shut up. Honestly, as somebody who loves science, fascinated by Big Bang, fascinated by fascinated the truth, by Big Bang, it's just like. And sometimes I hear like physicists talk about these things, and I'm just like you. How, how does your brain do that? Like, how can we comprehend the Big Bang, what's before, that space is expanding, but it's not contained by anything? Like, all these things drive me wild. Do you but, know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, they, Where you're just like, they are true illusions. Because even if I know intellectually what the scientific literature says, I cannot comprehend them. And honestly, they do drive me wild. Like, they get me horny. Like, I'm not... Whoa. (laughs) But, like, like, horny as in excited. Like, that... Okay, that's a totally different thing. No, they're both. (laughs) That's so I mean, like, horny is excited, but excited is not necessarily a horny. Okay, I shouldn't have led with horny. Whoops. (laughs) Okay, note to self, don't lead with horny. But, like, that is the most exciting thing I have ever experienced in my life is any talk of that type of notion. Like all the under all the conversations around that like where did the big bang come from gravitational waves like all these types of things and you're right these abstract concepts that i just read dumbed down to me by physicists and that books, you could never experience firsthand that, you only learn yes, about and that i just like i'm literally told <laughs> kind of like a religion just reading the book being like makes sense make like it, it clicks yeah, like uh-huh. it's making sense based on my yeah. understanding and like very fortunate enough to like speak to intelligent people in my life to be like, okay, yeah, you're like mirroring what I think this is. <laughs> um, truly the most exciting thing in the world, but you're right. It's like, but then sometimes I go back to my life and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think we're drunk. Um, like, uh, shall we just get into what you listen? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that could have been it. Like, like, you know, when you're like drinking and you think things are profound and then you yeah, hear I'm yourself so later sorry. and you realize how dumb you sound. So we're just sharing that with the world today. But I think we were being Vaughn Vaughn, which more scientists should be when it's like, Honestly, yeah. So LIGO is sweet and we're getting all this information, but sometimes I do laugh where I'm like, in the future, there might be that little like thing, like almost like the theory of everything that we get and all this like physics stuff we've been talking about forever is like completely debunked. Yeah, fair. It's it's something else, in which case, anyways, I'm just saying. Well, I also think about even Katie Mack who came on our podcast. Sometimes it makes me wonder, is it just because I'm not smart enough and don't know enough about it probably that, no offense but no, <laughs> I, I for sure obviously she knows so much more but the incomprehensibility to me even if i can understand it intellectually i wonder sometimes i, I wouldn't mind picking her brain more as somebody who's like a genius physicist to just understand if she still struggles with the like oh my gosh like i understand what the formula is and what the theories can say but my brain can't really grasp what that means yeah i mean her book was incredible everyone look up katie mack on twitter 
one of the best Twitters out there. Mm-hmm. And also her new book isn't so amazing. And it's written in a way where I'm like, she gets it. Cause like mm-hmm. if she can explain it to me and the way that she uses diagrams and the way that she writes things, it's like, she definitely gets it for sure. She acknowledges that there is an extent that we have reached with, uh, physics with quantum mechanics to understand things that is like, no, it's not like, again, they've figured everything out. But one thing that stuck out to me from that book was the ability to see into the past by looking at things so far away because it does take mm-hmm. time for light to travel. Mm-hmm. We can actually use tele- telescopes to see the way the world looked in the past because that's the light that's hitting us now. And through that, there are incredible ways to look at the expansion of the universe, to look at, I mean, again, you might think this sounds <laughs> but it's like you're actually looking at the past so there are some fundamental truths mm-hmm. for sure that exist as assuming we like you know believe in light <laughs> okay we need to anyways <laughs> literally exciting we should just have changed the meaning of this podcast okay go uh, oh what did we learn this week <laughs> All right. I love that. Um, actually, like you might believe in this, but I believe in light. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a great Veritasium video the other day that was about like how we don't know the speed of light. It's so true. And it, and even like light, it's so funny when they're like, it's a wave, but it's also, also a particle. <laughs> like they always, that's like, like the grade 11. Literally like, no bug. one's measured it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, this week I learned <laughs> how sleep loss <laughs> It is so fun to go from those types of convert like 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 so even like, like shallow conversations about like truly meaning of life, big bang being like, and my sleep's off or whatever. Fair. Uh, fair? Sorry. fair. No, fair. So <laughs> this week I learned how sleep loss affects your brain and learning, which I think is very relevant to Lots of people, because a lot of us are not getting enough sleep, we're always feeling tired. There's a lot of professions that require people to have very short hours of sleep. Um, and basically, sleep loss hijacks your brain, especially when associated to learning. But more importantly, what this specific study was looking at was how it impacts your brain's ability to unlearn fear-related memories. Now, let me clarify. So. When we sleep, our brain does a lot of consolidating of memories and dealing with, you know, obviously we don't know all that much about what happens while you're sleeping, but they, we believe it plays a crucial role in minimizing stressful or traumatic experiences. So when you don't huh. sleep well enough, they, the, the study in particular that I'm talking about was they, they put people into different groups. So some people were getting the normal, say like eight hours of sleep. Some people were getting half that amount of sleep. And then they put them through stressful experiences and associate colors with like bad memories of pain. They, they would literally like, I think shock them with associations. With color. <laughs> I love how science are like, they're yeah. like, it's part of the experiment. We're going to shock you. <laughs> yeah. But they found that those who were sleeping half as much were at a higher risk of anxiety and PTSD when those things came back into their lives when they were awake. And so they believe that that plays a crucial role in anxiety and PTSD for people. Sleep obviously affects our cognitive abilities, our abilities to learn, but ultimately our ability to unlearn, which our brain does in the night, which I thought was pretty cool. Wow, that's interesting. So wait, so like simplifying it, it makes your fear, the memories you had of fear worse. And then also if something happens to you that you're scared of, does it make that worse? Yeah, so basically, okay, 
The people who were given half the amount of sleep in the study showed the most activity in the brain regions associated with fear and the least activity in the areas associated with control of their emotions. Huh. Yeah, that makes total right. sense. Yeah, and it, obviously anecdotally, when you're tired, you're you're more unhinged in a sense. You're more able to go oh, off the handle. God. Things bother you. I body but, slam a stranger <laughs> when I'm tired. But on, on a deeper level, when it comes to deep fears and PTSD and anxiety that are rooted and not just like that daily emotional uh, feeling and tiredness. Uh, th they think this has an important implication for people when they go through stressful and traumatic experiences. Mm. Like sleep can play a really important role in mm. recovery. Wow. Okay. True. Sleep is good. <laughs> you became uh, Michael Barbaro. You're like, hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. my, my Michael Barbaro impression. Hmm. <laughs> ah. No, no, no. It's not. Uh, actually, it's only. Oh, yeah, he goes, uh -huh. mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. <laughs> but like lately he's been going mm. <laughs> no, <it's not>. mm. <sighs> what did you learn okay i was just going to be like We're how much do you get paid to go mm, <laughs> at like experts um okay uh it's like how much we got paid literally nothing for this <laughs> I know. I'm like, if anyone who's listened to this podcast for years are probably like, they've never done an ad. It's like, yeah, yeah it's we're like disorganized. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Like, we actually recently were like, maybe we should do like, ads. Try and make some money so that we're not just like, <laughs> oh. it's fine. We enjoy doing it. No, that's a true testament to how much we enjoy doing it. I do not mm. ever say losing money. We make money on our YouTube channel. But definitely mm. people who had a podcast that we have with the size that we have would be making money. We're disorganized. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> This, uh, what I learned this week, and it came out in a variety of papers, it's cutting edge information. If this was MSNBC, it'd be breaking news. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so our average body temperatures have decreased over the last 200 years. What? I know. What do you mean? <laughs> Me going, I know. <laughs> duh. Yeah, uh, I imagine you went what? And I went, uh, duh. <laughs> like gaslit you so hard. <laughs> what do you mean? Okay, so what I mean is that I can't stop laughing. For anyone who's just tuning in, red face, a little tipsy, or it's Friday night, we're having some drinks. <laughs> so when they first started to measure body temperature, which was 200 years ago, a German dude, don't even want to say his name because I'm going to butcher it, but whatever, German, blah. So he... <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like they found that it was 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit was the average body temperature. And now it is 97.5 degrees Fahrenheit, which if you are in Celsius, like us here in Canada, aka you're not wacko. <laughs> it's <laughs> like all the world yeah, except for one or two for America. <laughs> it just like it had to be the American exceptionalism that's really blown up in your face recently. <laughs> Um, it's was a, a decrease of 37 degrees Celsius to 36.4. Hmm. Okay. And that's over, sorry, you said over 200, 200 years. Cause that's years. when they first started like to have the capability of measuring and documenting um, and document. Okay, exactly. Wow. And so now is when all us, you know, scientists step in and we hypothesize. <laughs> so none of what I'm about to say is like grounded in any sort of fact, okay. but it's some, just... yeah, some predictions are, uh, antibiotics have been real helpful. Um, increased. Oh, in a good way. Not that the like overuse of antibiotics, but no, actually yeah. our bodies are not needing to fight off as many. That's so funny because it's so true. It's like we have gotten to the point where we've 
become like the good so thing is become bad. like yeah like we're so used to antibiotics that we're now talking about antibiotic resistance which is mm. very important but we sometimes forget like you know there's a world where we don't have antibiotics and we all just like we die way younger broken way earlier <laughs> yeah and like essentially they think what it is is that there's just like an increased base level in infections that would have been around 200 years ago but now we have antibiotics we have better hygiene we have cleaner mm. water like remember back in the day people would drink beer instead of water because like, like I know so, I like I, I need to like look into that more because I have heard that like it was just like beer was what you drink because what it was it sterile. was sometimes it was like essentially like more clean potentially and than just water. the water access yeah in like you know certain times not like forever and That's then um crazy also vaccinations like these are the reasons like pretty you can understand why that prediction from scientists mm. makes sense. It's like there's so less saying- infection. Our body temperatures are now like on average, not as quote unquote hot. Okay. But one other prediction, which is interesting was that they were thinking maybe because we have heating and we have cooling that we no longer have to essentially have our bodies like cope with, the change in temperature as much that maybe there's just like a lower baseline. But this study of the average body temperature decreasing, they found in uh, parts of North America, in Britain, in Europe, but also in some indigenous uh, tribes in Brazil and Bolivia where they didn't have heating or air conditioning. And also their body temperatures have just decreased. Hmm. So as much as I thought that theory was interesting, there's some also additional sort of, information that makes you be like okay maybe that's not necessarily the case huh. but this so decrease is why necessarily but we know it has occurred yeah over a variety of uh human contemporary cultures wow yeah but i just i don't know that's i thought that was really interesting yeah. and maybe a moment of that like what we were saying we have to be grateful in our lives make a gratitude <laughs> list if you listen to tim Ferriss or whatever <laughs> like that is important and i think that sometimes it's so like it makes me laugh that when we said antibiotics you assumed antibiotic resist and like bad sure, you know yeah. what i mean it's like no these things like have actually have, allowed us to yeah yes yeah, like biological well, and scientific advances have helped us so much so much so that sometimes we forget the baseline and we aren't grateful and we take for granted these things. Of course. I mean, that even ties into something called the hygiene hypothesis, right? Where often uh, kids or children with allergies, some of the belief is that because they're not actually exposed to as many pathogens or things that would like stimulate their nervous system or immune system, that's why allergies are more common now. Yeah. Even Um, our dogs coming up the stairs, they found that like (laughs) um, kids who grow up in a household with with dogs sometimes have less allergies because literally this dog brings in so much dirt and like and like leaves from outside like our our main floor is covered truly in dirt (laughs) in a way that it never would be without that dog and Uh i'm like that is interesting and i kind of think when we have a kid i'm gonna like rub the kid on the dog Okay. Well, then yeah. just living here will probably be enough. You probably don't need to rub. But I mean, the dog will probably rub himself on yeah. the kid. Yeah. Because he loves him so much. Oh, that's so cute. Um, Speaking of kids, let's play Among, <laughs> Among Us. Us. <laughs> study time. Study time. Study time. Oh my gosh. So, Ernie is so cute. Ernie right now. is so. Our dog is right so here. cute. He's just wanting to be pet. And I, you know, when you're just face like. Oh. <sighs> Our dog, I just <gasps> like, write that down. Um, an episode about cuteness and why you want to 
punch things that are cute. Um, okay, so <laughs> we're talking about Among Us, the craze. The craze. Uh, if, if if you if you're a YouTuber, you want to go viral, you say Among Us, like mate, like Among Us characters at the grocery store <laughs> or whatever. We'll and see. Millions will watch. Um, LOL, and here we are trying to go viral. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. We're drinking, by the way. Um, basically, it's the third time we've said that. I know. Uh, what do we want to? How do we want to do this? And so that's we, the episode. <laughs> Thank you. We wanted we're to clickbait 32. title. Among <laughs> Us is great. Yeah. No. Seriously, we're thirty-two. I had to force myself to play this thing. Well, and I, I love. No, what I leaned into. But all into, our thirty-two-year-old friends are playing it. Yeah, that's true. We have gamers. G a y m e r. I'm a gamer. Uh, yeah, you are. Okay, I'm gonna pick you apart like a banana. Okay, wow, that's not working. I'm gonna pick you apart <laughs> like a. Scab. I guess I'm not really a gamer. You are a gamer. I would say you have a very busy life. You have lots on your plate. I think you'd be very much more a gamer if you weren't so busy. Sure. But we do have a lot of people in our life who now, when I talk to them, I'm like, that's a G-A-Y-M-E-R because they're spending a lot more time. Mm -hmm. And they're addicted to Among Us. We have been brought into this world out of curiosity. We have played it a few times. Yeah. I so we're certainly not experts. No. But we, we want to, we're going to talk about the science a little bit today, but let's talk about our experience with the first. So Wait, but we play werewolf. No, yeah. we know so how to play werewolf. For those who don't know Among Us, I mean, you've probably heard of it at this point. It's just like an online game where you're trying, you're in a group of 10 people at most, and everyone's trying to figure out who is basically the imposter. Who's the one who's sabotaging and trying to kill everyone? And you're playing with real people online, which as... Potentially an, your friends. A bit of an extrovert. I love this. And my favorite part of Among Us was going in the chat and saying, I'm gay. Anyone else? And <laughs> just like, was like so shitty weird. chatting. <laughs> it's so cool. I'm like, I'm talking to strangers. I'm like, guys, like, what? What are we thinking about but, the election? Like, it's very interesting <laughs> to me because I've been such a weird internet kid my whole life that I've gone into forums when I was like 12 years old, like messaging people and stuff. And I feel what, like you're saying I haven't. I don't think you have because the way you interact <laughs> is like very strange on the internet, but it's cool. It's interesting that you're like having that experience. Well, I, 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 <laughs> I'm an, I'm a bit of an extrovert slash introvert, mainly an extrovert. If I have access to strangers and part of it is chitty chatting, I'm going to chitty chat. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, we're going to try and figure out who the imposter is, but also I'm like, what's up? Like, what's your deal? <laughs> so I really like that part of but it. But you don't say <laughs> that. He truly just goes like, I'm gay. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then everyone's like, I'm gay too. Or like, like they all start chiming in. Or they're like, he's sus. <laughs> and like, they just like go back to the game. But so. okay. I think we just, one more clarification. This game is played with strangers online. You're trying to figure out who the imposter is. One of the people of the 10 or two are the imposters. Mm -hmm. So th it's an in their job is to secretly kill, kill you all. And the rest of the group's job is to figure out who the imposter is. So everyone's talking, everyone's doing tasks. Everyone's like the people who aren't the imposter are trying to finish their tasks fast enough because that's how they win the game. Or every now and then when you find a dead body, you vote on who you think the imposter is. So and I'm going to say something that if you don't know this game, you're going to be like, well, now I'm confused. Only the imposters can go through a vent. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weirdly how you find it. They're like, he vented, he vented. <laughs> and it's like, if you see someone go through a vent, you're like, okay, that's the imposter. <laughs> and you have flashlights, so you can't just see everything at all times. You can only see like where you're around. What? 
like you can only ever see, you can't like zoom out and just be like I'm gonna watch everyone. Oh yeah, of like course. you ha- yeah. you're only like there's an acute awareness right. that yeah. you have, which is why it's kind of that's spooky, called spooky. a video game. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like rarely do you just see everything. So well, why don't we talk about a little bit about some science behind it, and then we can talk about our experience and true but i want to say one more thing which is that if you've played the game werewolf this is direct it's just werewolf online with strangers and i have a question a little more complex do people okay it's the same game and do people play werewolf and is werewolf something weirdly that only our friends played like i think werewolf's fairly popular it is it definitely is not as complex and i'm going to argue that because Werewolf, you're in, you're sitting in person in a group, and you're just discussing, and everyone's trying to say like, "I'm not the werewolf, I promise," and then you vote on who you think the werewolf is. But everyone has like different clues based on what character they are. But in uh, Among Us, you also are given these tasks that you have to do. You're walking around a spaceship uh, where you can only see certain things. So yeah. it's werewolf on steroids. It's werewolf if it was Clue. You're right. But it's still important for a layman person not knowing anything to be like, we're on the werewolf mm-hmm, spectrum. Mm-hmm. We're in the wavelength of the werewolf. Yeah, for it's sure. It's the same concept. Yeah. Okay, fair. Because I, I just didn't know if werewolf was like a weird game that like only our friends played when we were drinking. And stuff. I don't know. I don't know how popular it is. So it- let us know. Hashtag side note podcast. Have you played werewolf? We actually <laughs> want to know because I honestly love it and play with our friends. And sometimes I'm like, are we crazy? And, and no we one, truly just scream at each other. And know time. what else is really funny is that in werewolf, you have to sit around with your heads down with your hands in your heads and we played a lot at our house where we have big windows in the front of our house pre-pan obviously pre-pan yeah that's true not playing werewolf till 2023 <laughs> but the, i always think about people walking by and seeing this dinner party set up and everyone has their heads down because you listen to an app that's like <laughs> now so-and-so heads up and they would have been like um is everyone crying <laughs> like is that a devastating party <laughs> like just thinking of someone looking in and we're all like oh my god <laughs> but it's really fun it is a fun game okay, okay. you want to go first Sure. So I playing Among Us, like one thing I really felt I was the imposter a few times, like no big deal. I'm kind of famous, but I was chosen as imposter quite often. And I immediately feel this thing come over my body, which I think is a part of the reason why it's such an addictive game where you're like, holy shit. Like I'm lying. Like no, again, no one's in the room. These are all strange. Like I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Like, I'm you're guilty. You're nervous the whole time that someone can is like watching or can knows. Exactly. And what I would describe that is, is that you're guilty. Like you're already guilty. You're, uh-huh. And so I was like, okay, huh? I want to look at guilt. Like okay. what does that feel like? Like why is that, that sort emotion. of something that people might want? And I came across a study that was really fascinating. And I genuinely was like, okay, is this why Among Us? Like, did I find the answer? <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> so essentially, the way the study worked was that they got uh, fMRI. Here we go. <laughs> they got people in an fMRI and they just had them say three different types of sentences. One was a neutral sentence. One was a sentence that involved guilt or admitting guilt. And one was a sentence that involved shame and admitting shame. And they studied their brains to try and figure out what was going on in their brains. And with guilt, they found that there were parts of the brain called the fusiform gyrus, the middle temporal gyrus that would light up, which made sense. But also the amygdala would light up as opposed to shame and neutral, not the case. And so the amygdala, that's related to fear. That's related to anxiety. It's also related to excitement. So innately there, there's this piece where it's like, when you're guilty, 
your your body is essentially excited like it is it is anxious it's excited because it's like you're like oh my mm-hmm. like you can just even just saying the word guilty or feeling guilt i'm like mm-hmm. oh my god oh my god yeah. and then relating it to the benign violation theory which this study also talked about which is something i really love because it has to do with humor which is that we find things humorous when they violate something within our society they say something wrong they they do something wrong. Right, they make like fun of boundary. Yeah. I, so I've, I have done stand RIP comedy's dead, but before the <laughs> pandemic I would do comedy and I had a joke about princess Diana, which I always found did really well because that is a great example of like something that's taboo, but it's kind of been long enough that and you can start to make it's jokes like about it. Innately. She is a rich white person. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at mint mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Like there's just like a world where you can Mm -hmm. make a joke about it. That's like, oh shit. Like we all know that's bad, but the way I do it, it's like, that is the best example of a joke I have. That's benign violation theory where people laugh because they're like, oh my God, I shouldn't be laughing. But it's, it's just like a way that you present tough things, but in a safe space. And so what this, this article was saying was that if you can give someone shame or guilt within this benign violation theory, it feels really good. And that's exactly what among us is doing. You are feeling guilty. You get to, feel the excitement and anxiety of being guilty, but in the confines of a game that isn't real. So it's like mm-hmm. you're, it's like you're getting to play with these emotions of like killing. This is probably like most video games, like killing, like being mm-hmm. excited, like getting killed. Things that you would never really do in real life or, or know is taboo. Exactly. But, but it's permission. safe. And that is mm-hmm. so appealing yeah. to us humans. In fact, that's the, that's the main function of humor. Yeah. I find humor fascinating huh. to, because it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't, hasn't been defined by the laws of physics or nature. Like what's funny to someone might not be funny. It's it's hard to define. Wow. I honestly hadn't thought of this in some ways when you say it, I'm like, Oh, that's so obvious. Yeah. But it's so true that it allows you to experience a world. And I guess games in general, a lot of them, not all of them allow you to experience things that you don't necessarily want to experience for real, but it can give you the thrill of them. Okay, I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, I'm freaking out because I'm like, all games, even like euchre, for example, you're experiencing beating. You're some- showing your age. Oh, okay. also that's a Canadian game, isn't it? Oh, I love that. Then it's for a anyone. card game. Euchre, it's can- French Canadian. Canon Canadian, but it's like you're like me and you and my parents playing euchre. It's like 
I'm still getting to beat my parents at right, something. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, which isn't normal. And not feel And guilty. it's not even yeah. necessary that, like, fun. Because you would never but it's want like, your parents to lose in real life. No. But in a game, it's, it's like, like kind you're of, playing with yeah. these, like, emotions, with these, like, these, like, sort of hierarchies. That's a very simple example. Like, I do think every game innately is giving you a pass to do something that's exciting in your life that you wouldn't be necessarily socially acceptable. But within the confines of a game, it is. So... Not to bring up myself too much, okay. But no, you haven't at all. I just talked for like twenty minutes. I'm obsessed with Survivor and Big Brother because it's like the ultimate to me version of that. It's an acceptable space to play with how you act and manipulate people. Oh my god! And I'm like, I think I maybe don't like Big Brother because I don't even I don't think of it as a game as a game yeah i think of it as real life and i True. think of it as and cruel. because other versions <gasps> around the world are wow. not a strategy game but for me i'm like i like it because yeah. it's like it's a real life board game where but but yeah. but it really tests the limits because you're actually meeting and living and getting to know people and that was like an interesting experience for me to like near the end of my time there i started questioning my own morality and my own ethics because i was like how far am i willing to go and i think that among oh. us maybe it doesn't push you that far because these are anonymous people you're in a game but you're playing with it that concept you are yeah exactly it's on it's on a spectrum of of that same world i think to me reality television uh strategy shows are the most extreme version of this wow that's so which makes sense when you think survivor and big brother two of the original reality shows still on some of the longest running shows of all time not of all time necessarily but of of that genre i'm like mitch just pushed me (laughs) i'm kidding (laughs) but yeah like yeah he's like and that's why they're still on i fall off the chair um but i do yeah i really think that's true like i think benign violation theory is fascinating i think i haven't been really thinking about it that much because i haven't been doing comedy but it's a really cool way to observe humor and i think it really clicks for a lot of people when you start to see like why am i laughing it's usually something that's like quote unquote wrong but you're aware that it's a joke so it makes you okay to laugh i think that's what among us is doing and it is fun, totally. and as, as much as I love, like even only like talking to people about whether they're gay or not, that's a that's the same thing. It's literally yeah. me being like, "This isn't okay for you me to go." Also, I'm gay. Are yeah. you? And I'm just doing it like, like to strangers. testing the fabric <laughs> of social interactions. Yes. Oh Honestly. wow. Which is what the internet with strangers is for a lot of people as well. I think that's what is so appealing about being a troll to some people on Twitter yes. on forums is that they're anonymous, so it's in a safe environment that they can't actually hurt someone and they themselves can't be exposed, but they can play with these ideas of what happens if I do something that's actually socially unacceptable and just push some of these buttons. And it's like, I hate trolls because I we're like YouTubers and it's like, so we know we're like, that's real. Because we're, you know we're I mean? the real part I'm of like, the equation. You, yeah. like, people call me a faggot like 79 times a day. I don't know. Like- <laughs> um, to take a little interlude before I go into my science we're playing a game right now. I don't think we brought this up on the podcast. Oh my god, are we ready to tell people? We're playing a game <laughs> called Spirit Fair that I'd say the first game I'm actually into, and it's the first time in my life where okay, I'm like, that Greg. is hurtful to me, by the way. <laughs> I've like tried so long to get you into Zelda, which is just as equally beautiful. Okay. And no. life changing. Oh okay, I am in no way saying that Zelda isn't beautiful or life changing. In fact, I have been into Zelda in different parts of my life. And what I will say is me. 
having never had a video game, me très stupide <laughs> when it comes to video games in a way that I don't think people can really understand. Like, it is rare that I've gone through my life. No Game Boy, nothing. No Pokemon, <laughs> nothing. I am missing a literacy of video games. Mm. Zelda is very hard. To and you. it's very challenging. Sorry, to me. No, no, I understand. Especially like, without that video game like base. Oh knowledge. my god, I'm literally running in circles on a horse, and Mitch is eventually like, "Okay, maybe you should go to the tree that's sparkling." And I'm like, "Well, what the <laughs> hell is that? What's a sparkling? Like, it's like, you know what I mean? You have that right. like you're conditioned you, to understand. Like you're like people who play video games are conditioned to kind of understand the base set of rules. Exactly. And this Spirit Fair game, we started together, yeah. which has been helpful because it's like you'll be like the water sparkling and then like go jump in the water. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I press a, and this thing happens and I'm like, Oh my God. But it's like, you told me the water sparkling. My brain literally, literally was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my God. The water is sparkling. Uh-huh. So I think there's that, like you're helping me. Right. There's the confidence too, for you to feel like we're in it together. Like we take turns. It's just a, a like single player game. And, and it's very so far quite easy. You yeah. can't, die mm-hmm. which i hate dying <laughs> like i really like you know what one of my least favorite things in life is dying that okay any screen ever in my life that's gone game over and i know you can start again done throw the controller off like there's nothing more hurtful than a game over whereas like this game so far i'm really into it because i'm like i don't think you can game over like i don't think i can die so far as we know yeah so far as we know and there's a large portion of it that's just truly gardening. <laughs> and that's what I like to do in real life. Yeah. Give me a it, game and I'll just garden. It's definitely it's a game about death as well and it's about helping spirits pass. And so I think I'm excited that we're playing it. We're not even that far into it or I don't know how long the game First is. First time but- in our life where I go Greg goes I- Oh my god, he's playing great. Where I go, Mitch, let's play Spirit Fair, and he goes, oh, I'm a little busy. Like well, I'm like, I didn't know. I'm like, okay. Well, I think it's an amazing game. I'm I'm really happy you're into it, and I think is showing you what I think the possibility of games can be because I think, and this is no shade or shame on playing games that don't have this attribute, but some games and Zelda is this to me really can bring out like beautiful life lessons, like a book. And I know sometimes they're simplistic. Sometimes it's simple. Like if you read Harry Potter, you could, you could say this is basic. This is simple, but there are like these nice heartwarming messages and relationships and you're with characters for like hours. Like it's storytelling. It might take you 10 hours to read a book, but it could take you a hundred hours to play a game. And so you really can get connected. And I think in this game we're meeting characters, it's just the beginning, but probably my anticipation is that at some point they're going to sort of pass over and we're helping them do that. And that's probably going to be really sad. And I think that's going to happen to our first spirit. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm literally going to start crying. I want to stop saying literally. So all I mean is that um, video games have this other dimension and element. I don't, and, and among us, among us. <laughs> but that's okay Wait, unless you fall in love with someone who's real in the chat because the they're chat, gay because they're gay. Greg. And then, yeah, and it's me <laughs> anyway. I think uh, if you hadn't played it, uh, it's worth checking out. Obviously, we're not far enough in the game for me to like fully recommend yet, but I do think it's very peaceful, very chill. It kind of reminds me of Animal Crossing where you're more just like tending to things. You're given challenges that might be a little stressful, but you can't die. So it's just like this beautiful game. The to music experience. is incredible. Mm-hmm. The graphics are really cool. It was recommended by Kid Fury from the best podcast ever created called The Read. And I trust them on truly totally. everything. So that's like another thing. It's like it's been recommended by someone amazing, which is why we started. Also, a part of it is that you have to look after them. It has Tamagotchi vibes. Like you're like looking after these yeah. things. Mm-hmm. And one of the things and you have to do is hug to them. show that that 
concept has lasted for so long. Games where you care for things. Yeah. And Animal Crossing is that. And our, our dog. Tamagotchi. We yeah. still have dogs. Oh, that's real. But. <laughs> but you have to hug people in it and it's mm. so nice. It's so cute. You they hug them go- and they, pa- they pause for a second. Yeah. And I always, every time get a little nervous and then it goes... And that's okay. We're moving on back to benign, benign violation theory. It's giving you that human thing of just going up, hugging someone deeply. Like that can that's feel so scary, true, and it's giving you that. That's really interesting. Like I wouldn't typically associate that benign violation theory with positive things. We always go like, oh, of course people want to shoot guns and kill people yeah. in games. They want to push the boundary. Oh my of like god, violence. they want to hug. But I think this game allows you to go up to a character any character you want offer hugs sometimes they don't accept it and it's they go so i don't need cute. it right they go, now sorry not right now it's like about consent yeah but then when Ugh. you get it it is like so nice. obviously for a lot of people intimacy and physical affection especially to people you don't know well can be a barrier and i think the game allows you to experience that where you yeah. go i'm gonna put myself out there and maybe not okay this is so related to my study maybe not get the thing that i thought i was gonna get Right? Because you might sometimes get rejected in your hug. Yeah, nice, which makes right? it even more... It's so special when you yeah. get it. So, sorry, I have to burp. Oh, my God. He just cuked. He absolutely hurled chucked buckets um, on the table. Okay. So, my study is related to sort of why I think Among Us on another level is so sort of addictive. It reminded me of the hug versus no hug in Spirit Fair. Okay? That's where I'm going. So, obviously, video games in many ways, as any games, rely on that sort of like dopaminergic reward system. And we all kind of know what that is. Like when something good happens, whether it's food, sex, games, giving you a reward, your brain fires off in certain areas, releases dopamine in that system. It feels good and it triggers you to want to do it more. It creates habits, creates reward-seeking behaviors. Um, but what studies have found that is so fascinating is that to optimize that dopamine release... You don't actually give people more reward. You actually give them near misses. So instead of just like a game that would allow you to feel something great all the time, you have to give an experience where you almost Mm. get the thing, but don't get it. And what science has found... Gambling. It's literally... This is the basis of these studies are often in gambling. Oh my God, really? Yeah, yeah. All right. So they're called near misses and... That in those situations, your brain and body act at, at its optimum dopamine, dopamine surge. Wow. So you feel like you won even though you lost because your body gets the reward. Now, one really interesting thing is that the actual dopamine release comes as an anticipatory effect. So you don't actually get the dopamine release when you get the reward. You get it right before. So oh. your body is like anticip. Obviously, the first time you play a game, you may be aren't quite conditioned to get the dopamine surge until you get the reward the first time. But beyond that, your body actually starts to give you the reward before you get the reward essentially in the game. So for me, I was thinking about Among Us and how whether you are the imposter or just a crewmate, you (laughs) measly old crewmate, measly old crewmate, you're constantly playing this game where you're trying to guess or trying to hide or trying to whatever. And it's such a good balance of you might get it right, 
but you often get it wrong. Yeah. Everyone's voting, even the imposters living this existence where they're lying to you, making you people. get it wrong. And too. sometimes they might just straight up lose because they might have like taken just too much of a risk. And now suddenly that risk gives you the adrenaline because the reward was that you might have gotten away with it. Huh. And that's why risky behaviors in general, like people be- can become really quite conditioned because. What was that? I was like, Among Us is gambling for kids. It's literally <laughs> gambling. Except with no actual things at stake, which is nice. Yeah, no money um, at stake, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. <fair. laughs> like, like, oh so in studies, like scientists have realized, even with monkeys, that if they're rewarded only 50% of the time when they do a thing, they're more likely to become addicted or more likely to be compelled and motivated to do the thing than if they're given wow. the reward every single time. Yeah. Which seems counterintuitive. You'd think like if a candy or a treat was given every time I push the green button, I'd be more likely to push it. Wow. When in fact, yeah. if sometimes you push it and nothing happens, it creates this system in your brain where you are so compelled by it. Why does it work sometimes? Why do I get it sometimes? This near miss is like this kind of magic number. And I feel like Among Us taps into that. That's so true. And it reminds me of something I learned a lot uh, in teacher's college and like even as a uh, in-classroom teacher is like you're constantly trying to motivate kids for me to love science. That can be really challenging when you have mm-hmm. the curriculum at hand. And it's like this type of thought process that we're talking about right now is like so important for motivating kids because there's like the teachers who like are the ones who sort of give too much and the kids then kind of check out or kind of check out. Like it's like, they like don't like there's it's, it's not a direct comparison. It's like, but you need like, it feels so rewarding when you work hard at something. Exactly. And you're also trying to teach kids that like working hard and failing is okay. And that's Mm -hmm. how you learn. And it's like, I just feel like I can't think of a direct comparison, but it reminds me of like what you're taught to do with teaching kids, which is like, how do you get them to feel rewarded when they work hard, but also feel like, failing and like making mistakes is okay and i feel like among us is doing that it's yeah. like it's like making it like addictive <laughs> and it's a to safe fail space to experiment to, yeah. yeah you can take risks you can try something new something i found really interesting cool. is the question becomes why would human evolution lead to a trait that rewards you more for a near miss than an actual win right does that not seem confusing well like I'm like evolution. I ha- I have evolutionary sort of biologists. We've like sort of ripped on on this podcast before too. It's so fine because it's like you get to just like you know like sometimes throw in your little things and like make things make sense. And if I'm putting my evolutionary biologist hat on, I would be like, it makes sense that over time we've evolved to make a lot of misses. So you need to like be able to figure out how to neurologically adapt to that to keep going yeah because like life is never i'll tell you that you got the answer right or at least what other evolutionary i thought you were asking me arbitrarily no there's a there's a real hypothesis around because it feels counterintuitive that the near miss would give you a bigger dopamine surge than the actual reward but that's life exactly so they gave the example of um basketball or any sport if you were to not get a reward when you almost score the goal, you would give up. You'd be like, this actually feels bad. But when you get a reward, when you almost get it, it actually intrinsically motivates you as a homo sapien to try again. And so whether that's more deeply related to hunting or any human activity that became essential, it's sort of like this near miss 
dopaminergic system is there to actually give you motivation. And I think you brought up astutely an amazing example of kids learning and how maybe teachers should and could think yeah, about teaching. so hard to teach. Of course, yeah. Of course, something hard will always be challenging. And I think, but that's why learning something or challenge or sorry uh completing something or doing something challenging is always so much more rewarding yeah it is. because you also spend a lot of time with near misses yeah. where you feel like you almost got it and then when you finally get it you're yeah. just like euphoric That's and so those true. near misses keep you compelled to keep trying because you're like oh i just it feels good you feel like you won in a sense even though emotionally and intellectually you might know it was a loss you're now compelled to keep going. It's why it's so I, addictive to try and shoot a three-pointer over and over and over. Yeah, a three-pointer, shoot, shoot, shoot. As if I've ever done and that. You just, yeah, you were like, at basketball, when they get a and goal, the way, I'm like, I'm pretty sure they don't call it yeah. goals. But <laughs> What do they call it, a net? When they get a basket, when they a get basket. a... Well, you said three-pointer, that was good. When they get the shot yeah. in, oh my God, don't ask me, fudge. <laughs> I think that you're really good at that and I struggle with this. With I think what? that like I think about my computer right now, the OCS drive is full. I've been trying for Oh my god, ever to insane fix thing. it. Like for maybe 2 months Greg's been like my computer has no space. And, and I, so half okay. every day he's like Mitch, I can't do the thing. I can't open my I email. I have <laughs> space on my data drive. Anyways, <laughs> I'm just saying like you, with computers and technology you have worked this muscle to be able to be like okay like there's a mistake there's a mistake and then i fix it with computers i don't have this and it's like every time something goes wrong i'm like it's like the game over in a video game i want to close it i'm like i'm done because like i don't think there's an end in sight here mm. you need to know there's an end in sight right. which among us gives you which a lot of things in life give you but mm -hmm. like i'm just like you i have an example for that yeah, yeah i have a yeah. I, and like so you didn't grow up with it so you haven't learned that there is, is like, always and I've reward. been with you when you've helped me and you've been like, Oh my God, I like figured it out and it works and it feels really good. But I'm like, I genuinely think at the end of the road for me with this computer is like dead. Like there's no end of the road, even though I know there is, I'm like, I'm not capable. So that's the thing with teaching. You have to be able to allow your kids to understand they're capable and make sure you set parameters up that they're capable so they can succeed. Right. Yeah. And that's what Among Us does. It's so contained. So like you yeah. can succeed because yeah, it's, it's not... so obvious and mm -hmm. it's like there's not that many parameters. So you get to right. have that. Anyone can win. Exactly. Which is nice that the barrier to entry is And like it ends. It's like fast. Like it's like mm. why it's pro it's not the same as teaching or like anything. Because like <laughs> it's fast. It's quick. It's like you're getting it. It's why we're addicted to it. Mm -hmm. And like but in life the metaphor is like bigger and more um, like challenging. And I think one thing I'll say last sort of anecdote that relates to this. So painting is an act that I love and I feel like I've like mastered in my life. So I, I know what it feels like to be halfway through a painting and you're like, God, this is so ugly. But I like know with time and with like adding like more negative space in these things, it'll come together as this thing that I'm like, okay, objectively, this is like good or like I'm okay. Like rewarding. With yeah. Rewarding. Writing is something I've always struggled with and only recently have I started to like get into it as a challenge in therapy. I've learned that I'm obsessed with like challenging things because I'm scared, scared of dying. LOL, different story. But it's like I find with writing, I've had I, there was never that North Star moment. I always loved science and math. I like right answers. I don't like arbitrary things. And recently I've realized like there's been moments where I'm writing and writing and then all of a sudden it like clicks and it's like this amazing feeling that I've like uncovered. Oh, wow. It's possible to 
put in the effort and have that dopamine release with writing. And now I'm like addicted to writing. So it's like, Mm. you have to also sometimes... Okay, it's like Among Us is giving us like the best life lessons we could ever yeah, learn. Yeah, well, or and and also like giving people those experiences that are so innate to life to us. It's like part of our neurology, like in a contained, uh, fun, addictive space. I just think that is really interesting that you brought that up, uh, especially with art and and not computers. To, <laughs> okay, and not computers, but I just mean like to know. You're right. You do kind of need to know. That you can win. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you're in the realm where you believe you cannot, it's done. It's not, it's done. Or it's like all the fun sucked out of it. Yeah. Because even with your computer, it's like you don't think you can fix your computer. I don't. I don't. I'm, I've am i I've truly like spent, <laughs> I'm, I would say on average, tr- eight hours trying, uh, to, trying to fix No this. way. To no end. To a constant like this program is running. I'm like Microsoft word isn't running in another program. Cause like I haven't used that thing in years. Like, it's just like, Greg, there's something, okay. give me your okay. computer. I know. And I want to watch you do it and have you have the experience. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm excited to keep playing spirit fair with you. I think that it's a great eye opening experience in some ways. And hopefully it could open that door. Even for me, like I don't play a lot of video games and I like among us. I do like among us. It's fun. T- okay. So now I'm going to like, share my hot take is I actually don't love Among Us. But maybe I haven't played it enough. I've only played it a handful of times, a couple times on my own, like a couple evenings and then with our when our friends like were one time we were playing with them. I enjoyed it, but she's an intellectual. I'm kidding. I don't know what it is. I guess it's because it's so short and so sudden that I maybe the reward's not big enough for me. Hmm. Like Have you been the imposter? I have, yeah. Um, I've never won as the imposter. Like, I haven't played enough to win, so obviously I haven't played that much. But I guess I just feel like it... I actually... I don't know. It has a to be honest, trendy I can't, energy. Yeah, but, but like Fortnite I got into because it had the a level of challenge and frustration that was enough. Whereas I feel like this game is... I don't know how to describe it yet. I don't want to like drag it at all because I think it is fun. I enjoyed playing it, especially when we were playing with our friends. I thought that's fun. It was also weird because it's like like you can't talk. Oh, yeah. Like, so we were just like with your friends. We were in our backyard and like we're physically distancing on our phones, not talking. There was two people. (laughs) And I'm like, we're in our backyard, like hanging out. It's cold. We're spending this time together and i'm like we could be doing this at home you know what i mean i was like this isn't the best use of like an afternoon physical distance hang you know what I mean? i'm like i'm like it's like okay guys now no talking and then we're just on our phones yeah i don't know what it is i feel like the payoff for me has even when i played on my own it, it didn't quite get me enough and maybe because i wasn't honestly maybe because i'm not good enough at it like hmm. maybe i have that barrier where i'm like Ugh, i don't want to be like you're you are like competitive and win at games Fair, but I... <laughs> fair. Um, no, you I guess, do, like, in a weird way that, like, I think people know that about you. Like, playing games with you is particularly challenging because you do win because you're good and maybe it's hard for you when you're not good. Or when it feels like there's not always a easy... Not easy, but, like, a path for me to be good at it. Like, I feel like Among Us, as mm. i played so far, I'm like, it doesn't require enough strategy to make me feel like I can get better at this. Like, in a way that... But when that's so funny. I'm like, game. that's a life lesson for you. Cause it's like, some things are like that. 
Yeah. You can't master everything. No, that's true. And it's because a bunch, it's because, know what it is. I it's want not an algorithm. Th- it's people. I mean, people's brains are an algorithm, arguably, I, but. I think part of it is that I'm older and like the, the idea of having to message text wise. L- that's my favorite part. Really? <laughs> I wish it was just talking. Because I feel like when we play uh, Werewolf, it's just communicating. It's just out verbal talking. And I love to like try and convince people, but I feel like I'm not fast enough. When oh, I find text. it thrilling to text with strangers more than like talk. Because it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It can be so coded and weird. Yeah. Sus. They're sus. They're sus. Saw them vent. Okay, learn sus finally four years after. I thought sus was a problematic term. It just like has a problematic like energy Suspect? to it. Just like when someone's like, oh, they're sus i was like hmm and then i found out it had to do with suspect i was like wow a clean word we can actually use okay oh man well that was fun yeah that was fun uh do you promise me you'll play more video games i'm like obsessed with spirit fair and it's actually on you to play it with me okay you're right that is on me and then after that we'll see how it goes yeah but yes, thank you so much for listening. Listen. Listener. Thank you so much for listening. Celine Dion. Here <gasps> in my heart. An episode on Celine Dion. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was singing Beyonce. You were singing Celine. Uh, okay. Anyways, hashtag side note podcast. If you want to get in touch with us on Twitter, go on our Instagram at ASAP Science, where we post a lot of clips where you can see my red face right now if you want to. And yeah, we want to hear from you. We love that people listen to this podcast and one day we might have ads. Yeah. <laughs> love you guys. Thank you for listening. And we'll Bye. see you next week. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.